When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Pacific Down and Distance and our summary of this week, week 10, the match day play in the NFL. A lot of new listeners every week now with the promotion uh, from Sports Social. Uh, really good energy. Thanks to those guys for promoting the show this week. Uh, for those of you who are new, welcome. What we try and do is run through all the Sunday matches in a succinct form. It's for people who are based in markets like Europe where the matches tend to take place overnight on Sunday or down here in Australia and New Zealand. I'm in Melbourne, Australia myself, uh, where you can, uh, you can tends to be hard to watch because they're on during work and not everyone has the luxury of being able to sneak a look at the TV. So we go through all the games really quickly for you and, uh, and focus on the main uh, talking points out of the games. Don't forget to check out the show notes uh, for more about Sports Social, especially if you're a fan of football, as in the World Game. The World Cup obviously starts next week. Lots of great football podcasts on there, so go and check that out. In the meantime, let's get on with the NFL. There's really only one place to start this week. Uh, What looked on paper to be the most competitive matchup proved to be every bit of that and more. Minnesota at Buffalo, Went to overtime, won by the Vikings, 33-30. to Just an epic match. Really hard to summarize what went on here. Two brilliant teams and two theoretical Super Bowl opponents going at it. Uh, look, uh, yeah, just don't know where to start. But, I mean, for me, two of the best catches you will see in American football. One by Stefan Diggs. A straight one-hand catch in the air uh, with the ball sailing over his head against his old team, too. And then Justin Jefferson, who was the, the draft pick that was uh, taken with the pick that Minnesota got from the Diggs trade from Buffalo, he reached out with an outstretched hand to yank a ball that was in the hands of one of the Bills defenders out of there. So the, the Bills defender had actually taken it, was bringing the ball to ground, but, uh, but Jefferson had his arm in there and it just ended up, when they hit the ground, it ended up in his breadbasket rather than the, uh, the, the safety. So uh, that, that, that was on a fourth and 18 too. And they ended up kicking a field goal on that drive. But it was a phenomenal... In fact, no, that, that was the, the drive that actually stopped the ball uh, dead on the uh, one-yard line. We'll get back to that in a minute. But just a phenomenal piece of athleticism. And Jefferson had an amazing day in general with some just phenomenal catches. So here's the next thing to tell you about. Minnesota were chasing the game, 10 points behind. They hit a, a, a touchdown 
but missed the point after, meaning they were still four points behind, 27 to 23. And that meant, this is this is quite late in the game, they still needed another touchdown just to, just to get stay in the game. On their next drive, they got all the way to the one-yard line. This was the one where Jefferson took that catch, but they couldn't get the ball in. And they turned over to Buffalo on downs with about 45 seconds to go. So Buffalo only needed to survive one play from what was a pretty precarious position. They tried to run the ball out of there, but bungled the snap. Minnesota fell on it in the end zone. So that becomes a touchdown in Minnesota. Mind-blowing stuff. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're 29-27 up. They then convert the PAT, meaning Buffalo is now three points behind. They've got seconds to go. They're able to get the ball down and secure a game-tying field goal, but that took the match to overtime. In overtime, the Vikings got all the way to the red zone on their first drive. They couldn't get in for a touchdown, so they couldn't decisively end the game, but a field goal was sufficient because when Buffalo got the ball back, Josh, Josh Allen threw an intercept on the Bills' reply, and that ended the game. So... Theoretically, with these out-of-conference out of matches, uh, they don't normally have a lot of implications. And it, and it was possible that this match wouldn't because there's no tiebreakers. So in the end, it's just two teams testing each other. There's no rivalries either because the teams tend to play each other only every three or four years. Uh, and, and the fans don't build that sort of hatred of that team because they don't see them very often. But in this case, the implications are massive. I mentioned on our midweek standing summary, and check that out if you haven't had a listen to it yet from last week, the tiebreaker with Minnesota is irrelevant because they're not they're in two different conferences. But for Buffalo, the loss itself means they slip below Miami outright. We'll get to Miami shortly. And into a tie with the New York Jets on their respective records. Now, the Jets are on by this week, but they also have a tiebreaker over Buffalo because remember Buffalo's two losses coming into today were against Miami and the Jets. So Buffalo have gone from being first and second in the in the entire conference to now being third in their division and sixth in the conference. So that is a huge slip. For Minnesota, it's a huge confidence boost for them. They know they can beat a big AFC team now. They'll need to be uh, they'll sorry they'll need help from elsewhere if they want to be the number one seed in the NFC because Philadelphia still haven't been beaten. They have a tiebreaker over Minnesota, and uh, and there's uh, Philadelphia's schedule looks pretty soft, but Minnesota can take a huge amount out of this. They also play in an indoor stadium normally, so they don't get into conditions like this. So playing in Western New York on a day like today, that will help them come come playoff time. And they're definitely going to get to the playoffs, uh, even though the, uh, there were a couple of other teams in the division that won today. Minnesota's gap now is, is almost insurmountable. Next week, they, go to, sorry, they host Dallas, but that'll be a huge game as well. Dallas lost today, but they're an absolute powerhouse. Uh, Buffalo, look, they get Cleveland in their building next week. So Cleveland visiting Buffalo, you've got to think that's going to be a handy fixture for them to bounce back. All right, nothing else today tops that, but we'll go around the grounds. So the next game is the Germany game in Munich between Seattle and Tampa Bay. Fantastic commercial success. Germany was already the second, or I think the biggest European market uh, for NFL after the UK. And you, you watch the game, it was, a, it was an early match, obviously, given the time difference, I had to play that on at the very start of the day. But the crowd looked seriously invested, so you can expect that fixture to be a lock in future years. The game itself, look, it was 
okay. Tampa were winning the run game on both sides of the ball, so they kept uh, Kenneth Walker the third quiet for Seattle, and then uh, Seattle's you know running running rushing defense sorry is, is a bit weak, and uh, the, the Buccaneers were able to target that uh, with with good effect. Tom Brady threw his first pick in about 400 pass attempts. In fact, in exactly 400 pass attempts. Uh, but he was constantly able to keep his drives going. And it just, you just, every time he found something on third down, and that, that's the way with Brady. If you can't get the ball off him, you're facing an uphill battle. I will say for, for Seattle's side, you know, it's a disappointing loss, especially with the uh, 49ers winning. But Geno Smith was not the reason for the loss. He again played well. This wasn't on him at all. He's looking more and more like a permanent option for them going forward. And, uh, and there was some other encouraging signs for Seattle, but they just left their run too late today. Both teams, understandably, given they're overseas, they've got to buy next week, so they get a bit of a breather. Another big matchup today, uh, two NFC powerhouses, Dallas and Green Bay, playing off at Lambeau Field in Wisconsin, Green Bay. Look, this was won by the Packers, the much-needed victory for them. It went to overtime, so 28-all uh, tie, and then they won in overtime. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed this game. Tight first half. For me, it looked like the turning point might come in the third quarter when Green Bay were able to pin Dallas deep in their own half and force a three and out. And, you, you know, when you do that with a, with a three and out uh, close to the uh, to the end zone, you normally are able to uh, get your ball back on in sort of around midfield. That's what it looked like happened would happen here and then Green Bay muffed the punt return and gave it straight back to Dallas on the halfway line. Prescott from for, for Dallas went straight down the field from there and they got a touchdown and a PAT and it looked costly, especially when uh, they uh, got to another touchdown on one of their following drives. And I just would have loved to have seen uh, the look on Aaron Rodgers' face at that time. The camera didn't go to him on that play, which was probably for the best. Look, Green Bay were steadily able to work their way back into the match after that. And funnily enough, a uh, wide receiver, like a, a rookie wide receiver, Christian Watson was the key. He only uh, took four catches, but 107 yards and three touchdowns. It was one catch he dropped, though, or did, just didn't take that could have caused absolute pandemonium and chaos in the Green Bay change rooms if they hadn't won the match. It was this weird pass that sort of went right towards him, but then he slowed down and it, and it sailed over him. And the commentators, and frankly, I, it, it looked like that on TV anyway, but the commentators seemed to think he just couldn't see the ball uh, once he'd broken free from his coverage. There was no doubt. The, uh, the yeah, uh, absolute um, Rogers would have absolutely torn strips off him had they lost that match. Dallas didn't play badly. Uh, they lost in overtime, so it's you know pretty obvious that they were in the match all the way. They'll definitely rue a late play call from Mike McCarthy, who used to be the Packers coach, uh, and was in his first game back at Lambeau Field against his former team. In overtime, they made a call on about fourth and short. So yes, it sort of around the range of their kicker, Brett Maher. So they could have gone for a field goal, but they went to try and uh, to get, get get a fresh set of downs and Prescott couldn't get the pass away. And the look on McCarthy's face was kind of like he knew what was coming after that. The Packers took over on downs and got it down on Mason Crosby's end, their kicker, and he knows Lambeau Field very well. So he didn't muck that that one up. And uh, from there, the uh, the Packers uh, won the match. So good win for them. They desperately needed it. It was definitely an opportunity, obviously, Lambeau Field, but they desperately needed it. They've been in 
bad form. Quite a few losses in a row. And the Vikings are running away with that division. Now, it's well-timed for them because next week they're on prime time again. They host Tennessee, so an out-of-conference match. No real necessarily um, rivalry there, but they are on going to be on national television. A short turnaround too, which won't be good for either of those uh, those teams, but it'll be to the Packers' advantage. And now they've got momentum. So big, 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 big opportunity for them to sort of get their season back on track. I mentioned earlier that uh, Dallas, they've, they've got Minnesota <laughs> so, and they have to go and play there. So that's uh, that's a, a bad timing for them. I wonder, given the proximity of Green Bay and and Minneapolis, I wonder whether they'll stay up there. But anyway, big big match for them. Big primetime, uh, not primetime, but big, uh, I think CBS might have flexed that game next week. So Jim Nance and co will be on that, which is going to be a bit of a spectacle. All right. Now, the next match we'll go to uh, is Sunday night football. Chargers at San Francisco, won by the uh, the, the 49ers. They out-muscled uh, the, the Chargers in a fairly attritional night in the Bay Area. LAC definitely started well. They scored on uh, three of their drives in, in the first half. Only one of them was a touchdown, though. And it kind of mounts up when you're only kicking field goals. The 49ers worked their way back into the match in the second half. They've got a Rolls-Royce offense and they're able to lean on their second running back, Elijah Mitchell, to make the biggest contribution on sort of on carries and, and rushing yards. And uh, that that's really beneficial because obviously the Chargers would have focused most of their preparation on Christian McCaffrey. The Chargers' biggest issue was getting stops. Uh, these 49ers drives tended to be quite lengthy, so they kept the ball for a lot of the match. Um, and even though there was only two touchdowns, uh, the Chargers defenders kept dropping like flies and that just didn't help. On their offense, Herbert played reasonably well again, but they'll be counting on him to play out of his skin next week on the Sunday night match uh, against Kansas City because if they lose that, they're pretty much out of the running for the division and they're fighting for wildcard scraps in what's a pretty hot conference. Uh, just while we're on uh, the, the Niners, they play Arizona and that match will actually be in Mexico, which will be a bit of a spectacle. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So running through the rest of the day's matches. Uh, now, I don't want Miami to get lost in all of this stuff. Uh, they played at home to Cleveland and absolutely belted them. 39 to 17. Uh, look. Big day elsewhere, but this game moved Miami to the top of the AFC East and second over, overall in the AFC Conference. So that's huge. Look, 
Cleveland are ordinary, but Miami have been able to sustain their high standard of play um, when, when Tua has been on the field. There was a couple of matches he missed earlier in the year and they didn't play well, but today was a classic demonstration of what they're capable of, and they really are a genuine Super Bowl contender right now. Uh, for Tua, 285 yards and three touchdowns and some new receivers taking catches to go with uh, the usual contribution, slightly down, but still significant from Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Cleveland couldn't force a punt all day, which was pretty awkward. And they even had a fumble from their, their star, Nick Chubb. So it was just a dirty day all around. They have to go to Buffalo next week. It's just gruesome. Miami get a bye. The next game, uh, Indianapolis at Las Vegas, won by the Colts, 25-20. to 20. The off-field story of last week was absolutely the uh, firing of the Colts coach, Frank Reich, by the Indianapolis uh, owner Jim Ursay and replacing him more to the point with a TV analyst, a former offensive linesman, but yet yeah, not a coach, a TV broadcast analyst named Jeff Saturday. Uh, and he actually had a little coaching experience prior to that as well. So everyone was surprised by that. Plus one of the, uh, one of the coordinators, the offensive coordinator uh, that they hired was also someone with little play calling experience. So this looked and smelt like a move aimed at tanking. Uh, there wouldn't have been a lot of confidence around the Colts and plenty around the Raiders bouncing back. But it was actually a tight match and the Colts outdueled them. The, uh, the other aspect of the coach change that was interesting was that it kind of enabled uh, Jeff Saturday to reverse the decision to bench Matt Ryan, uh, even though that wasn't actually Frank Reich's call. It was the, uh, it was the owner's call, but it doesn't matter. Uh, you can blame it on the previous coach. And there, there we go. So Matt Ryan comes back in for Sam Ellinger. And Ryan actually played his best game of the year for the Colts. And it was more to the point, exactly the sort of performance he was brought over to provide them. His highlight was a 39-yard run, almost twice the length of his career long at my team, the Atlanta Falcons. That brought a tear to the eye of Falcons fans. But he also completed 21 passes and no picks and no fumbles. So he'll be very relieved with uh, the sudden change in position for him. The Raiders rarely played badly all year, but the volume of losses is getting ugly. Derek Carr still had 248 passing yards and no errors himself, but the offense was just undermanned and the team gave away too many costly penalties. They get Denver next week in the same venue in Las Vegas. Look, you'd like their chances, but you've liked their chances the last few weeks and it hasn't helped. Indianapolis, they actually host uh, Philadelphia. Now, Philly won't play until Monday night this week, so we don't really know uh, whether they'll still have that unbeaten run and, and what sort of form they'll be in. But they'll now be looking at that as a bit of an opportunity just to just to keep uh, the form going because if they could win that, I know it's unlikely on paper, but if they could win that, they're right back in their division. All right, speaking of uh, that division, Tennessee at the top of it at the moment and Denver, who are uh, the Raiders' next opponent, they played off in Nashville. Any optimism that this, this match might be spicy after both teams had played well in their respective uh, previous matches? Well, this was quashed after the first nine drives of the match all went to punts. Very, very frustrating for a spectator. For Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill was back, although uh, their, their rookie quarterback, uh, Malik Willis, did feature in one play, and it, it featured a bungled, bungled snap 
with uh, like a handoff to Derek Henry. So that's going to be awkward in the change rooms. But their star today was actually a wide receiver by the name of Nick Westbrook Akine, who took five catches and 119 receiving yards. And keep in mind, oh, there were two TDs thrown in the mix as well. We shouldn't forget that. But just keep in mind, last week when Tennessee lost to Kansas City on Sunday night football, they didn't have a single wide receiver take a catch. So this is considerable progress for them. Uh, Russell Wilson's stats for Denver were okay compared to a lot of their uh, previous matches with him at quarterback. He completed 21 passes and 286 uh, passing yards. He also had three receivers go over 60 uh, catches. He did get no help at all from the running backs today, and that was their downfall because the predictability meant he got sacked quite a lot in numbers that he just wouldn't be used to from his time at Seattle. Now, Denver, as I mentioned, they host the Raiders next week. We'll see how that goes. Sorry, I think they actually go to Las Vegas. But, yeah, both teams under a lot of pressure there. So we'll see how that match goes. One of them's going to get a win, at least. And Tennessee, we mentioned earlier, they go to Lambeau Field in Green Bay on Thursday night. Now, that will be a tough match for them. And they obviously don't play there very often, every eight years or so. So it'll be interesting to see how they cope in uh, Chile, Wisconsin in late November. Next game, Jacksonville at Kansas. You predict this one uh, on Jacksonville looked undermanned on paper, and that's the way it proved. 27 to 17 win for the Chiefs. Uh, Jacksonville knew they would have to pack some surprises to get through this fixture, and they certainly did that. They, uh, believe it or not, attempted an onside kick on the opening kick of the match, and they recovered it. So well done to them there. They unfortunately couldn't convert that nor could they make the most of the two fumbles they got from the Chiefs uh, during the course of the match. They were too inefficient with their opportunities they created, and the Chiefs on the other side of the ball were ruthless when they were going the other way. Uh, For the Chiefs, their two stars were Kadarius Toney, one of their brand-new recruits from the uh, trade period, the trade deadline, before the trade deadline anyway, and Chris Jones on defense. So Toney's contribution was pivotal. Uh, They lost Juju Smith-Schuster, to an ugly head clash before halftime. So they needed Tony to step up, and he did. Jacksonville have a bye next week. They probably need that breather. Kansas City will be on Sunday night football in LA against the Chargers in what could just about be their chance to seal their division and focus on a top two seed in the AFC. All right, we'll take another breather and uh, come back with our last four games. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Now, one of the surprisingly uh, good matches of the day, not just in terms of who won, but the quality of the ent- entertainment on offer, was Detroit at Chicago. So Detroit won the game 31-30. As the scoreline suggests, plenty of scoring. Now, they were behind 24-10 in the last quarter. So it looked it looked like it was going the wrong way for them. Uh, they were able to haul in uh, a touchdown, get it back to 24-17. And on the Bears' reply drive, they actually intercepted Justin Fields 
in one of the uh, the very first uh, plays of the next set of downs. And it was his own college football teammate, Okuda, from the Lions, who ran it straight back for a pick six. And next thing you know, in the blink of an eye, the Lions are level. Now, the, the, the bizarre turns didn't stop there because obviously the Bears got the ball again after that. And Justin Fields himself ran 69 yards. Uh, for for a, a rushing touchdown, which like for a quarterback, that's massive, and uh, it was his second one in consecutive weeks. He did the same thing last week. Now it's kind of like he sort of immediately atoned for what was an awkward error. The problem there was that the Bears actually missed the point after that touchdown, and I haven't mentioned that, but there were a few key misses today uh, across the NFL, and uh, that had some pivotal uh, turning points alone. But yeah, for this one, it did leave them exposed. Uh, they were only six points ahead, and Detroit were able to overhaul them on their final drive of the match with Jared Goff throwing what you'd have to call a pretty confidence-boosting 44-yard pass to Tom, uh, sorry, Tim Kennedy uh, to, to set up the final, uh, final touchdown. Fields was the story of the match. The, he, he did get sacked a couple of times on when they were chasing a field goal right at the end. Then there was the intercept, but he had some amazing plays on his feet and with his arms, and it was out of this world. You just got to remember, it was only like a month ago that uh, he was facing severe question marks about whether he was their guy. And that that conversation has been completely put to rest with the way he's playing at the moment. Look, it was too, a close defeat this week and a close defeat last week for Chicago. So they're done from a playoff point of view. Uh, Detroit actually moved past them now with uh, with their second win in a row. But both these teams, they're, they're really playing for, for, for wins and confidence now rather than draft positions, which is kind of exciting. It's a bit of a shame that they're over for this year. But, yeah, the future is bright for both teams. Uh, Chicago go to Atlanta next week. Detroit go to New York. Uh, both their opponents will be, you know, uh, looking still, they've still got plenty to play for, so they'll be hard matches. We then go to the uh, back to the West Coast, Arizona at the LA Rams. Uh, Arizona won the match 27-17. Both these teams were, were missing their star, their starting quarterbacks, Matt Stafford and the Kyler Murray. Sorry, and uh, look, uh, without those two, that really took the sting out of this match, and frankly, a lot of the relevance of it. Of the two quarterbacks who came in, Colt McCoy was definitely more seasoned uh, for Arizona than John Wolford was for the for the Rams, and so it proved. Like McCoy um, was more than adequate; he got plenty of ball to DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore, and then he was able to sort of pivot to the running game and get James Conner engaged uh, once the victory was in sight. The Rams' Super Bowl defense is pretty much on its dying breaths now. So Cooper, not Cooper Cup, sorry, got a second knock today, a second knock. Uh, second week in a row. They really can't afford to lose him too. It's unclear when Stafford will be back. It's just messy now for them. They do go to New Orleans next week. It's not an easy place to play, but New Orleans are out of form as well. So at least they've got something to get excited about. For Arizona, they've got something different. They're going to Mexico to play the divisional rivals, the 49ers. Uh, I think that's an Arizona home game notionally, but look, that'll just be a different experience and they can certainly take some confidence from this, even though Murray wasn't part of it. We go down to New Orleans, seeing as we're on, on them, we'll go down to their match at Pittsburgh, 20 to 10 for the Terrible Towers. Uh, they've had a tough season, uh, but the, they got the better of the, uh, the Saints today. And uh, look, it's been... 
I mentioned a tough season for Pittsburgh. They were flexed out of next week's Sunday night football. That's a major indignity for them, given it's against a divisional opponent in Cincinnati, who are well and truly in contention this year. So that's really on Pittsburgh. But their record without... Uh, with and without TJ Watt was well well known going into the day and he was back and it made a huge difference. The offense as well uh, had a much better day. Running backs Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, sorry, Jalen Warren stepped up. Even George Pickens rushed a TD as well. Kenny Pickett played at error free, you know, didn't have huge numbers, but being error free will help his confidence and development as well. As for the Saints, two bad losses in six days. They've lost to Baltimore on Monday night football as well. And they're now well and truly in a bind at quarterback. Andy Dalton threw two picks and two fumbles today. The apparent stability we were talking about just a fortnight ago after they blanked the radars, the, sorry, the Raiders. That's all but forgotten now. I mentioned they go, uh, they go, they host the Ram, the Rams next week. Pitts, Pittsburgh, like I said, uh, not Sunday night football anymore, but they host Cincinnati. So at least they've got something, uh, some momentum going now. All right, the last game of the round. It feels like Houston are in the conversation to feature at the bottom of the run sheet every week. Same again today. Today's opponent was New York. In New York, the Giants won. Uh, sorry, yeah, the Giants won 24-16. Typical, uh, really typical of Houston's season. They've got uh, a weak rush defense, so you'd expect, as expected, Saquon Barkley was given the ball 35 times today, 152 rushing yards and a touchdown. Houston do really feel kind of irrelevant this season, to be honest. Their main issue was uh, quarterback today. Incompletions uh, by, in plenty uh, by Davis Mills and, and in zone, one in the end zone, which just, yeah, just what you don't need. Horrible fumble from rookie running back Damien Pierce as well, just to compound their issues. They're on track to get the number one draft pick, let's be honest. For the Giants, uh, they're now a game clear of Dallas in second place. They they concede the tiebreaker there, so that's pretty handy. That puts them uh, yeah second in the NFC East and fifth place overall in the NFC Conference. So they're in first wildcard position. If Philly drop their game on Monday night against Washington, uh, or indeed their game against Indianapolis next week, that will be spicy because that gives the uh, Giants a real chance to make a play for the division. And they got two cracks at Philly, so they could uh, they could spring a surprise. They go to De- sorry, they host Detroit next week. Houston will actually host Washington, coming off their match against uh, against the Eagles on Monday night. That's it for this week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Keep up with the feedback and engage with us on social media. Like I mentioned at the top, we're up and running with Sports Social now. They've been doing some good promotion of the show during the week. So look forward to getting some new listeners to go with the uh, building fan base we've already got. And don't forget, if you do contact us on the show, there are opportunities to appear. And uh, let us know your thoughts. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.